Morning, church. Good to see you guys here in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see this place filled up. We want to, We still got some empty chairs here, and we'd like to see this place absolutely filled to overflow capacity. Um, God is on the move, and he's doing things in this time, and we're blessed to be a part of that. Um, you know, Jeff was puzzling over the fact that it is, has it been 20 years you know, where does the time go? You know, it's, it's a, time is a, a funny thing. It seems like a blink of the eye. And yet, uh, Pastor Gretchen has been going through the pictures of the things that, you know, we have done as a church over the past. And there's just a ton of things that we did. You know, there's so many things that you even forgot. We forgot. I forgot that, you know. I forgot about, you know, the African camp and... Um, you know, the, the uh, kids who, the youth that we had there, and we had them uh, dress up like native tribes and give an interpretive dance of the gospel. I forgot about that, you know, forgot about the, uh, you know, just so many things at this church that we've done over the years, the puppet show that we did here and filled this place up. Um, you know, it was just so many different things. I remember one of the first things that we did when we got to this neighborhood was we wanted to bless this community. So we went out and we told um, the businesses on Maui that we wanted to be a blessing to this neighborhood. And there was something we wanted to do an outreach. So we went downtown to some of the businesses. This is when KB's toy store was still in existence. And we went in there and says, we're, we're planning a church in Hali'imaili and we wanted to bless the kids. And so uh, Sixto and I went into, um, who, who he actually moved to Florida since then, went into KB Toy Store and we said, we're, we're looking for any kind of donations that you could give. We want to do a small outreach to the community. And the guy says, you know what, we just got a memo from, from KB's and they said they wanted to be giving away stuff to the community. So you guys are here at the right time. So it was like, I, it was like $400 or some ridiculous amount of stuff. And we're expecting that, you know, okay, um, we're going to buy this, but, you know, we're not going to get the sale price. I had all these sales stuff. And so we're grabbing all these toys and coming out of there. And he goes, well, you still got, you still got about a hundred more dollars to go. I was like, my goodness, we walked out of there with boxes of toys and we're just looking at each other laughing. Like, can you believe this? And we went to different businesses. We went to Gaspro even. And Sixto used to sell cars. And he goes, we need balloons, man. We need to make this thing a, an event. So we need some helium balloons. So we go into Gaspro and the girl behind the desk says, I'm from Haile Miley. Uh, here, I'll give you a donut, the gas tank, and the gas, the helium, and the balloons. So we, we had balloons out here on the basketball court. We gave out prizes. We did, uh, it was a free throw contest for the older kids, and we had like a small carnival over here. And then at the, after the thing was, was done, we had a, uh, Jeff, you remember this? It, and we had a massive water balloon fight here. <laughs> And we, we invited, we invited uh, Pastor Rob and Nora and, and their son Ariel came. And uh, we, we had a drawing. And Ariel, that, that lucky kid, man, he won the bike. And, and uh, as they were living, uh, Pastor Rob says, Ariel wants to start coming to your church. <laughs> 
But I remember one of the kids, he's kind of kaloi, uh, his dad was kind of into drug dealing or whatever, unfortunately. But he was kind of one of those tuggish kind of kids who was over here. And as he was leaving after the balloon fight and we had water guns and everything, it was a melee over here. He was riding away. He won something too. I don't know if he won a bike or he won something. And he's riding away and he goes, God bless Church of the Firstborn. And he was all stoked, man. I mean, we got so much good memories of things that God has done in this church. You know, I remember Aaron would walk through the parking lot on his way to basketball and uh, it was like trying to catch a feral animal. <laughs> and Charlene would walk by here and, hey, you guys need prayer for anything? Just look at you. You guys are weird, man. <laughs> Just keep walking. <laughs> and, and so we asked him, yeah, do you guys need any help with anything? Oh yeah, I, I, we need some help with our house. And so um, Eric and myself went over there. They, they had a plumbing problem that wasn't working in their house. So we went over there, and they needed more than a plumbing problem. It was, it was a mess. And so Eric went over there, and he says, I had my blinders on. I'm just looking at the plumbing problem. I don't want to look at anything else. And we went, and we said, no, these guys need help, man. So we had a few of our guys go over there. We reconstructed their whole kitchen. Uh, for them. And it was such a, you know, I think we got more out of that than they got out of that. It was such a blessing to help them do that sort of thing. And, you know, there's so many stories like that, that, you know, God had used this church, you know, and then Jeff, what you said, um, I've read that scripture in Malachi about um, if we are faithful with God, what God has given to us, that there would be food in his house. And I was wondering, what does that mean? You know, I know they used to slaughter animals in the temple, and they used to, they used to eat, you know, those things. And what does that mean? And I believe it's both. I believe it's physical food. And today we're going to have some physical food over here. We're going to share a blessing of a meal together to commemorate our 20 years. But I also believe that it's the, the meat, the, the, the reality of God in working in our lives, the tangible things of God working within the church. And that happens when we work together as the body of Christ and we become his hands, we become his feet, we become his mouth, we become his, you know, the, the a heart for people. And, uh, you know, at, at Christmas time, we all like to watch It's a Wonderful Life. You guys watch that. It's kind of a, for, some, for us, it's like a, tradi- uh, Christian or a, a Christmas tradition. We have it on DVD. And if you ever watch that movie, um, it's about, you know, Jimmy Stewart. And he's trying to break free of this small town that he lives in. And he has big dreams. And he wants to go out. And he wants to travel the world. And he wants to see things. But he keeps getting pulled in to the sense of responsibility that he has to his father's business. And his brother goes on and he becomes a war hero and he's stuck in this small town and he's got these big ideas about going and seeing places and doing things but he's just bound to his sense of duty and it goes to the point where somebody misplaces a deposit and puts their little savings and loan into peril and the thing is ready to go into you know they're they're going to go to an audit and there's money missing and it's like what are we going to do and he's so distraught and this is on Christmas Eve he's so distraught that he's just it, he has an insurance policy he feels like it would be better off if I was dead if I didn't even exist and he goes out and he jumps, over a, jumps off a bridge and attempts to commit suicide. And if you've seen the movie, there's an angel that is sent to, uh, to help him through this. And then he goes back and he gets to review his life. And he goes, it would be better if I never existed. 
and he gets to review his life to see what would happen if he did not exist. And he goes back to the town that he, that he grew up in, or in this town that he was so familiar with, such a, uh, you know, a quintessential American town, and it's full of you know, dance halls and drinking, and it's just riotous, and it's a mess. And he goes, what is this? What is... And nobody knows him. Nobody knows him. And he finally, the, the long, long story short, he comes to his senses, he gets, a, he gets a chance, he comes back to his real life, and he realizes, my life made a difference. My life made a difference where I loaned that money to somebody to buy this house, that they built this community over here, where small houses, where families could get a chance to grow up. And he realized, looking back, my life made a difference. You know, I heard something this morning that each one of us here we'll come in contact with about 10,000 people over our lives. And can you imagine if we just change or we help 10 people in our walk through this world? 10 people. And those 10 people help 10 people. And those 10 people help 10 people. It says over a period, a short period of time, you would touch 800,000, 800 million people by the multiplication factor. That each one of us is important to the kingdom of God. Each one of us plays an important role in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I look out here and I see that. I see that. That each one of us is important to God. Each one of us has a unique purpose in God's kingdom. Each one of us has been designed. Each one of us is strategically placed in places where I cannot go. And only you can go. And you can do things that only you can do. And I can't do those things. And we're all important. Amen? That's how God views us. He views us. He, 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 my grandma said this years ago. She goes, imagine a human face is only have so many square inches of surface. And yet every single person that ever walked in this planet, even twins, are unique. They look different. That each one of us has fingerprints that only we have. That each one of us has a voice imprint that only we have. That God is so such a creator that he can, in the billions of people that have walked this planet, that he made each one of us in an individual, and he has an individual plan for each one of us here. And each one of us is important to that plan. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing to think about that. He didn't just make clones. You know, we have... Um, a new clutch of kittens, man. I mean, we're, anybody need kittens right now? <laughs> but, but we got we got this one. Uh, our, our original, the OG, is uh, called Peanut, and he's their typical tabby cat. And so he got together with the black cat over here, and they had kittens. He had one at first, and they go, man, it just looks like a clone of, of, of Peanut, you know, so we call him Tobias. So Tobias and looked like a clone. And then he went and did it again. And now we got all these kittens, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was, what did you make something more unique? It's all these clones of this tabby cat, you know. But each one of us is unique in God's eyes. And each one of us has a job and a, and, and a function in God's kingdom. And the things that we do will have an effect in eternity. That it will be rewarded for eternity. That the choices we make, the sacrifices that we make, the, 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 the thinking outside of ourselves will have an effect in eternity. That the life that we live, the, the conduct and our conversation and the way that we conduct ourselves now could steer somebody into eternity. That's an important responsibility. 
It will be rewarded. The, the Word of God says that if you give a cup of cold water to a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. A cup of cold water. And we think there's a, what should I do for the Lord? What can I do for the Lord? We can do many, many, many things for the Lord, for His service. There's a lot of things that have need, needs to be done for the Lord. Um, there's uh, many areas. And we just ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? What is it? And why do we do it? We do it because God has blessed us. God has given to us all of it. He's given us our life. He's given us eternal life. He's given us an inheritance reserved in heaven. And we have, it says, a treasure this, this treasure within an earthen vessel. That means the gospel contained within our heart is like a treasure. The earthen vessel is, remember when he created Adam, that he took dirt and he, and he, he molded this man and he breathed life into it. Then you go, man, that sounds like a myth. But yet when you get down to it and you die, you're basically your body is decomposed. And as the moisture leaves, basically what's left is dirt. It's it. You know, we're, we're made of very humble, very uh, elemental things. But while we're here, we can make a great difference for eternity. I like in the movie Gladiator what he says, the things that we do here will resonate, will, will echo in eternity. In this short period of time that we got, what we do here can echo in eternity. We think to ourselves, well, my position or my state in life was pretty humble. Or I, I, why did he get this? And how come he got that? And why didn't they? Why, why did this happen to me? But yet each one of us has a chance. Each one of us has an opportunity in this short period of time to uh, change our lot in life. By how we react to the gospel message. By what we do with this treasure that we've been entrusted with. Each one of us has that gift. You know, I was helping um, Roger and Susan do their uh, landscape. And it's been a blessing. I'm really blessed to be over there and help them. The first thing when I saw their house, we, we, the men of this church, God bless you guys that came out that day to move. That was a lightning speed move and it was done very well. Because we had some professional movers that were there. Nothing got broken right <laughs> it was quick man before lunch we were done it was like wow and and while i was there i saw his lawn i saw his yard and i go man this guy needs a lawn it would be a nice you know it'd be nice to do a lawn he goes pastor jay i want to hire you to do my lawn oh, okay <laughs> and so i've been working on that but it's been a blessing you know to see this come into fruition and in the doing it, Maui came over there and helped me make the main hookup. And I said, man, you got any guys? I'm an old man already. I mean, I, my, this body just, I, the mind still thinks you can, but the body is like at the end of the day, oh, man. Yeah, I'm serious, man. I never accounted for this, man. I always thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to power through. But in reality, the body starts wearing down, right? So... I asked Maui, you got anybody who, who wants to work? And he goes, yeah, I got this guy, Devin, who can work. And it's always kind of an interesting proposition. Spencer, you helped me. You blessed me with some help. But it's always interesting getting a new guy. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, it's like, it's like a box of chocolates, right? And so... <laughs> 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 
this guy shows up, and you know he's he, he's kind of tatted up, and he you know is looking at him and like, well, I wonder if this dude can work, man. You know, does he know how to work? And so I said, okay, this is what I want, and I'm gonna show you how to dig a ditch and uh, give him the shovel, and he's going at it. You know, and oh, yeah, he's doing pretty good. He's he's all right. You know, and then I, I said, hey, you know, I got some more ditch digging to do over here. He goes, you know what? I got, I got another job, and he did good, and he was sincere, man. And and I was talking to him, you know, look at him, and and you judge a person sometimes by the way they look, and I'm prejudging this guy a little bit, you know, not really putting him down, but just thinking he's in this compartment. Then I, I, he goes, oh, I got to put on my, my ear pad, you know, so he's listening to his thing. I go, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to Ben Shapiro. I was like, what? The full-on conservative dude, man. I'm like, whoa, we're like brothers here. We start talking. We're having a great time. Not only that, he's going to Bible study, and he loves the Lord. I was like, hallelujah, man. <laughs> And so he's like, well, Pastor Jay, if you need some more help, man, just give me a call. But I got a friend who can help because I got another job with somebody else. So I'm not able to work with you right now. So he hooks me up uh, with Charlie Pereira. I said, you, 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 you related to the kind? <laughs> he goes, no, uh, Derek. He goes, yeah, that's my brother. I go, what? Derek. Oh, no, from Lahaina. Oh, different Derek. But I thought it was your brother or something. So, yeah, different Pereira. And so he's helping me work, and same thing, you know, you all tatted up, and he comes over there, tattoo on his neck and all, and I'm looking at him, yeah, his face, and <laughs> start talking to him, sharing the Lord. Next thing you know, yeah, man, I, I came out of the, life, the, the, the drug lifestyle, but God is doing a work in my life. I was, hallelujah, hallelujah, to see this. I'm so blessed. I invited him to church, but he says, no, I got to spend time with my kids this morning, but I invited him here this morning. But look what God is doing, man, you know, and, and by us, you know, and I just encourage him. I said, brother, you're doing the right thing, man. Just stay with the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. Read the word. Stay close in fellowship. You know, you don't want to go down that path again. Don't go there. You know, just stay away from that. But the, the effect that we have as believers to pull, it says snatching people out of the fire and them getting them into the kingdom of God. We're here for a short time, but we can have a major impact of one winning one soul, winning one family, winning one, you know, community to the Lord. You know, we constantly pray for this neighborhood. Man, I long for the day that these guys are partying over here and smoking weed and drinking beer. That the Holy Spirit anointing fall upon them and they hit their face and just the holiness of God show up. I long for that. We pray that, man. Every, we've been praying that for years. That God would show up. That God would hit revelation. Hit rev over here. The mayor of this community. He has such influence, man. And he knows the Lord. His name is Revolution. Uh, revelation Matthew, Mark, Luke, John or something. That's his name. That he would come into your kingdom. That the culture in Haile Miley would be. We don't do that no more. We serve Jesus. Can you imagine that? I can see it. It's such a, it's such a vision that unless God do it, it ain't going to happen. But we can pray and we can believe. It says, ask that it will be given to us. Seek and you shall find it. Knock and it will be open. That God is able to do it. God is able He's not limited. You know, you read the Word of God and, you know, 
you do this long enough, you do, excuse me, you do ministry, and the thing you want to guard against is getting jaded. Of doing this for a while and being disappointed. You know, this guy don't show up, or they don't, this don't happen, or that didn't take, that didn't happen the way that I expected it to happen. And then your heart gets hardened over time. God forbid, help us not to be that. You know, when you read the Word of God, and Jesus knew their thoughts, He knew what was going on in their hearts. It's not just the appearance, but He knew what they were thinking. And yet he still followed through with the mission. He still followed through it. And he says, when he saw the need, he says his heart was moved with compassion. And the power of God flows through that. If we can have that heart towards those who are stumbling to hell and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. That that's their eternity apart from Christ. To be separated for eternity from a holy and living God. Selling out for crumbs, selling out for a temporal pleasure or a temporal pride or this or that, selling out so cheap. You need to look at our country now and you're thinking, how did we get to this? How did we get to this? And it's people selling out cheap. And you think to yourself, don't you, don't, aren't you concerned about your kids, what kind of country they're going to grow up in? But give me my 30 pieces of silver now. What a sellout, what a cheap sellout. That we need to hold the line for Jesus Christ to be a light in this dark time. No matter what, what we have is so amazingly precious. What our inheritance is in Christ is so amazing, so amazing for eternity. This life is a blip on the screen. It's just a little, 20 years, it's like a, that's like dust to God. 20 years. What effect, what kind of change can we affect in the time that we have left? Who can we reach with the gospel message? Who can we reach with the message of hope that we have in a world that is increasingly looking hopeless? The gospel means good news, and there's aspects of that. The gospel means that we're saved by God's grace, not by our own merit, not by our own works. But there is works to be done if we truly have faith. Amen? Amen? That's God has foreordained that he prepared these works, that we would walk in them, that do these things. We're God's, it says poema, we're God's poem, we're God's workmanship, we're crafting. He's crafted us individually for a specific purpose, for a specific job, to meet a specific need to a specific person. Each one of us have those divine appointments in our lives. That we would attune our ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. To be looking for the opportunities. To say, I want to be a, make a difference. I want to impact lives. I want to save people from an eternal damnation by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and what He has done for me. I do this because I'm indebted to you, Lord. I'm your bond servant. And that we don't quit when it gets hard. But we pick it up. You know, I love that scene in the movie The Patriot. When these uh, people of the militia were called upon. They said, we want you guys to be the first to engage the British. 
and he says we want you to stand and fight because it seems the militia had a propensity to fire one time and then run after that they said i want you guys to give two volleys two shots and but back in the day it was musket load so it takes a certain amount of time to load your weapons and you're facing a professional army and he says i want you guys to stand and fight fire two volleys and so they agree to it we'll go into the battle first and we'll do this and they do and all of a sudden the British has out, out, you know, uh, outnumbered them, outmanned them, outweaponed them, and they come around and they're, they have their cavalry coming down on them, a cavalry charge, boom, coming down. And the militia turns and starts to run. And their, their line is breaking up. And Mel Gibson grabs, he sees what's happening, and he, and he goes, somebody got to rally these troops. And he grabs the American flag, and he runs against the tide that is running away from the British, and he waves the flag, and he says, no, don't run, this is the time to fight. And he rallies the troops, they turn around, and they go, and they face the British, and they win the day. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the, the heart of the dog. Yeah, the fight in the mat. That is the heart of a believer. That is the heart of an overcomer. We already overcome in Christ. There's no devil in hell that can prevent us from the destiny that God has for each one of us here. That we are overcomers because of Jesus overcame. And he conferred this gift to each one of us here. That's who we are in Christ. That we're not losers that we're not inconsequential, that we're not canceled, but we have the message of hope and salvation that the world is looking for right now. There's a lot of darkness, a lot of lies, a lot of propaganda, but we're about the truth because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. We're the city on the hill, we're the light that is not to be covered with a lampstand or a basket that we're to shine brightly and as it gets dark we shine even more so in the book of isaiah it talks about a time where gross darkness would cover the earth but he says that the spirit of god would rise up in us and that people would come to the brightness of our rising when things look desperate when things look dire when things look grim and we come with the joy of the lord and the hope of the gospel message i believe that's a very attractive thing why are you so happy why are you confident about your why aren't you afraid right now because i know jesus christ he died for me and he conferred his love upon me and it's made all the difference amen You know, behind, behind here, we have an illustration of the cross. And the title above that, Jesus, Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And it was a mocking thing, actually, that they put that on there. As Pilate was questioning Christ, he says, are you a king? And he says, are you asking from somebody else? Or are you sincere about the answer? And he says, it is as you say. He says, don't you know that I have the authority to crucify you or to let you go? And this must have rocked Pilate's world. He says, unless my father had given you this authority, you would have no authority over me whatsoever. He wasn't cr crying for his life. Oh, please don't, don't crucify me, Pilate. I think that must have set Pilate back. Whoa, an encounter with truth. 
That's power right there. And on part of that was they, they plated that, that crown of thorns. They got these, this, this, they said that those, those things are like three inch thorns uh, and, 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 and weaved it together and put it on top of the Lord's head. And they got reeds, it says, and whacked him and slammed it down until it pierced down probably to his skull. And if you ever got cut on your forehead or cut on your head, you know how much it bleeds, how much blood was coming down. And they're mocking him, bowing down to him. Put a robe over him. Oh, look at the king over there, mocking him. But in reality, he is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And he's coming back soon. He's coming back riding on white horses. And guess what? If we're in Christ, we're coming back with him. That's what Revelation 19 says, that we are going to come back with him. In the clouds, the Lord is coming back on white horses. I just, that's fantastic. That, that, what? That sounds like, that sounds like, some, like a Marvel comic book scene or something. No. If it's in the word of God, it's true. It's going to happen. If you're, I am a student of prophecy. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on what's happening right now. All these things are prophesied thousands of years before. Thousands of years. And it's going according to the book. And if the Lord says that he's coming back with his church, that he's going to call them out of the world first, before it really gets rough on this earth, because it's going to get rough on this earth. But God says to his church, I have not appointed you to wrath but obtain salvation, that you are called according to my purposes. And when we're called out of here, we're going to come back to take dominion of this earth, riding on white horses. Revelation 19, read it. That's amazing. And it's going to happen. This is not a fairy tale. This is going to happen. Because everything else, I see it. Uh, it's good for his word. He says, I put my name, I, I put my word above my name. That's how serious he takes this. This is going to happen. We want to be fully invested in this. We want to be invested in his kingdom. We're, we're seeing the foundations being rocked right now. I'm hearing stories about them saying that we're going to start seeing some serious inflation coming up here. Because of cranking up the money press and it was actually it's an intentional effort to destroy the economy it's an intentional they call it the great reset so we're gonna in order to reset we got to break what's here so there's a, a strategy called uh, cloud piven which is we overwhelm the existing system to the point of collapse why do you think they're printing up all this money why do you think they're just shoveling money here take it take it take it because they want to collapse the thing but the Lord said this, everything that can be shaken will be shaken to the only thing that will not be shaken is the kingdom of God. We want to make sure that we're founded upon that rock right now. We're founded. We're all into God's kingdom because everything will be shaken. And that's physically, spiritually, and uh, mentally. In fact, I just saw a, a video the other day of a six point eight was it earthquake in japan did you guys see that just yesterday and it's just like it's just constant 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 it, you know you you read these stories it says as it was in the days of noah so shall it be when the son of man returns and i'm like is that metaphorically what are you talking about and god promised that he will not destroy the earth again by flood he said he won't destroy all flesh by flood he says the next destruction is coming is going to be by fire according to second peter but 
as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man... You imagine, I can go on internet and every single day I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, videos of water just rushing through the cities throughout Saudi Arabia, Turkey, you name it, you name the city. It, it's ridiculous. I've never seen this kind of thing before. And then I read the comments of the people looking at this. You better repent because Jesus is coming back. This ain't global warming, people. This is God. And he's giving us a heads up right now to get things straight. Seriously. It's amazing to read the comments on a lot of these things. Jesus is coming back. You better repent. Get close to the Lord. Accept Christ. He's the only salvation. Constantly. It's, 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 it's like it would be mundane already to show these videos of these floods. Serious floods. I mean, cars floating down the middle of the street in all these foreign countries every week, every week, constantly, as it was in the days of Noah. God loves us. He's warning us. He's telling us, get close to him right now. We want to make sure that we're all into that. I didn't even touch any scriptures this morning. Forgive me. 1 Corinthians 9.24, and I'm just going to close in this. It says, do you not know, this is 1 Corinthians 9.24-25, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes in a, uh, uh, for the prize is temperate or exercises self-control in all things, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. What that's saying is we're all in a race. We're all running in this race, whether we realize it or not. All of us are in a battle. All of us are in a war. And it's saying if we want to win this race, we go at it with a serious attitude. We go at it like we want to win this thing. And back in the day, if you remember, the Olympics started in um, Greece. And in order, if you won your race or you won, the Olympics started there. If you won your event, they would, uh, they would weave together a crown of laurel leaves and place it upon your head. And so it was saying that we're running this race and we're not running a race to receive some leaves that will eventually turn dry like a hakule, and then you throw it away. It says that's a perishable crown. It's actually called a Stephanos. It's not a, it's not a royal crown like a, a kingly crown, but a Stephanos that recognizes a victory is what it is. It says we're not running to win just that perishable crown, but what we're running for is to win an imperishable crown, something that will never go away, that will stay with us for eternity. And they said that, you know, there, there, there could be a duplication of that crown of leaves that they would make it out of gold, make the leaves so it would be imperishable. That's the sort of crown that we'll be receiving from the rewards of our service to the Lord. And you think to yourself, well, I'd just be happy to make it into heaven. I think that we all need to be very desirous of winning crowns for the Lord through our service. It says in the book of Revelation that when we're before the Lord and we see all what he's done for us and that he hands us out these crowns in this reward ceremony called the Bema Seat where he's, he's giving us reward not for salvation but for faithful service from the right heart done here on the earth. And we can receive up to five different crowns. There's probably more. Five crowns. We were talking about this at the Bible study. Crowns 
for loving the Lord's appearing, crowns for service, crowns for, um, for overcoming temptation, crowns for waiting upon the Lord, crowns for um, pastoring or, or discipling people, crowns. And we're thinking, wow. And it says that we're so wrapped up in this moment because we realize, man, it wasn't me, it was Christ in me. That they take their crowns and they cast them before the Lord. And I don't want to be there with nothing in my hands to give the Lord. Right? And it says if it's done from that heart of compassion, that it'll go through the fire. It'll go through, it'll go through that testing and it'll come out purified. And this will be our moniker for eternity. We'll be known by what we do here for eternity. Isn't that good news? We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about authority. We're talking about position. We're talking about, it says in the book of Corinthians, that as we, it says every star differs in its glory. In the book of Daniel 12, it says, those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. And every star is different in its glory. Every one of us is unique here. Every one of us. Maybe God made some people. Well, I never led that many people to the Lord. Maybe there's one person that only you can lead to the Lord. And that's what your function is. We don't know. We don't know. God knows. And if he says he rewards a cup of cold water in the name of a prophet, he doesn't miss a trick. Maybe there's a position in the kids church that needs to be taken up. Maybe there's somebody who's, who's, whatever the service is, whatever, Lord, let me be a servant. It says in the kingdom of God, the greatest is the servant. Look for those positions. You start at that position. You come in in the servant, and God is the one who promotes. God is the one who gives promotion. Hallelujah. Let's pray.